Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Modern Love Radio. This is your modern love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade. Oh, we have a fun show for you tonight. The conversation is about the number one thing that couples fight about, and you all know what that is. It's M-O-N-E-Y. And we're going to talk about how you can stop some of the fights about money by taking a completely unique approach. So tonight's show is, is it time for a financial reality check? Not the kind you put in the bank, the kind that you've got to think about everyone. So our guest tonight who is Stephanie O'Connell says, who says you can't be fabulous on a dime? Hmm. Let's think about that. All right, she's been featured in major media outlets such as Wall Street Journal, Huffington Post, and Forbes. She started her blog, The Broke and Beautiful Life, three years ago after realizing that her dream job of being an actor was not going to pay her expenses, not by a long shot, So welcome to the show, Stephanie O'Connell. How are you, Steph? I'm so well. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Brenda. Oh, it's a pleasure. This is a topic that's on everyone's mind because there are three things that couples fight about, and you know they are money, sex, and power, and money's number one. It's the number one cause of fights leading to divorce. And I am forever saying to couples, It's not money you're fighting about. It's what money means for you. So tell us about your approach to dealing with money and how you got into the, I love the title, the, well, we have to get it just right. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm going to say it right, the broke and beautiful life. (laughs) Yeah, sure. For, For me, money was all about, um, not having for a long time. When I graduated college, I uh, started working in theater and had a lovely little uh, encounter with the recession that we all faced. And uh, money became a really big struggle for me in my life. And it, it became all about what I couldn't do and what I couldn't have. And it was so restrictive. And I didn't want to live my life like that. It wasn't a powerful place to be in. And so what I started doing was educating myself on ways to stretch the money I did have and find financial strategies to save and make uh, my dollar last longer and also to find ways to plan and grow my wealth for the future. And in doing that, I discovered a a whole new world of opportunity because that's now, I want to ask you, Stephanie, did you grow up 
did you grow up with parents who taught you how to handle money? Not directly. Um, my parents were very fiscally responsible, but it wasn't an open dialogue. And, and there's this whole taboo around money for some reason. We don't we don't talk about it openly and honestly. Uh, oh, yeah. People will tell kids. you more about their sex lives than they'll tell you about their money. Lives. Absolutely. And it's kind of crazy. Even pop culture. Like, how many shows are there about sex? But, you know, I think there's maybe one episode of you know, a show where they talk about money. And when they do, it's all very superficial. It's all like, well, I'm broke, but we don't really talk about the challenges beyond that and what that really means and how we can find solutions to overcome that. And so, yeah, we need to have this discussion and we need to have it openly and honestly and candidly in all of our relationships, our peer-to-peer relationships, our romantic relationships, our relationships with children and our parents. This is how we learn. And because we're not talking about it, we're not learning. And so this the uh, generations get passed down. These poor money habits continue to be passed down because we're not talking yeah, about what we need to do. Fear. Exactly. The things we don't talk about, we get scared about. And once yeah. people get anxious about anything, then we go into a kind of, I call it hiding in the hole because we just want to stick our heads in the sand and not talk. So when did you really hit that point where you said, I have got to do it differently? So, so I had a, I was unemployed between acting gigs, and I had a tooth problem, and I had to go to the dentist and get an extraction, and that was expensive. That was about $250, but that wasn't the worst of it. Then they said, well, you're going to need a dental implant, and that's going to cost $1,800, and I just had a full-on breakdown in the chair. I said, $1,800? That's not what I wanted to do with $1,800. I wanted to pay my rent. I wanted to maybe do something fun. I didn't want to buy wow. it. Yeah, so that was like my my wake up call. I'm like, if this these banalities of, of mundane life, these necessities are so expensive and they're so all consuming, and I'm I don't have enough to get by, then I need to adopt new strategies because what I'm doing now isn't working for me. Wow, A tooth extraction implant. So all told, you're looking at two grand basically. And oh, yeah. for you, that was beyond what you could do. So what was your next step after the breakdown in the chair? They didn't give you some laughing gas and put you out? <laughs> well, what I did is I got myself to work after my little mini breakdown, and I looked for alternatives and not just um, ways that I could make more money to help supplement that cost, but also ways I could save on the cost. And what I wound up doing is going and looking up dental school programs and getting it for about half the price they quoted me through a dental school. Smart. So what you look for was a low-cost option. So that's one of your secrets. Tell us some more, Stephanie. Well, this idea of challenging everything is really helpful. So in this case, like we often hear from our doctor or a professional, and we think that um, – you know, this this prescription is the only option without asking about the generic or that this um, practice is the only option without asking what the lower cost um, alternatives are, especially when there's some expertise involved. We have very, uh, we're very hesitant to question and to challenge uh, what, to see what the cheaper options are. But the options are out there and all we have to do is challenge ourselves to look for them. And so that means sometimes breaking out of our routines and breaking out of our habits and seeing uh, which habits are really serving us and which maybe aren't the best option for what our financial goals are. 
All right, so everybody, get out your note-taking device. Go old school with a pen or do whatever you need to do, and you can call in live and talk to Stephanie O'Donnell about having a fabulous life, even if it looks like your bank account isn't going to support that. And she's going to give us some more of her secrets. And I also want to hear about some of the fabulous things you did. Here's the phone number, everybody. It's 347 989 0776, or you can Facebook us at Dr. Brenda Wade. You can tweet at us at Dr. Brenda Wade. Cliff, our associate producer, is standing by to take your questions and comments, and we'd love to hear from you, 347-0776, or, or that's 989 excuse me, 347-989-0776. Okay, did you get that? 347 989-0776, or Facebook, Dr. Brenda Wade. Tweet, Dr. Brenda Wade. So, Stephanie, tell us about some of the things you were able to do when you use this strategy of looking around for options to do what you needed to do and wanted to do. Well, I think the biggest thing for me personally has been to travel. Uh, People think of travel as something that's really incredibly expensive and cost prohibitive. But for me, it was a priority. And so what I did was I put on my little hat of like interesting ideas, ways I could challenge the status quo. And I found strategies and I found them uh, in exploring alternative options, things like home sharing, home swapping, couch surfing, Airbnb. There's all kinds of resources in every segment of things you want to do. So that's one. One is travel. Another one is, you know, personal appearances. I don't pay to get my hair cut. I go to a a school, you know, cosmetology school, where they'll do it for free. So, again, I'm slashing expenses. You know, anything I can do to cut back here and there without sacrificing what I want entirely. It doesn't mean I'm never going to get my hair cut. It just means Mm -hmm. I'm not paying for it. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. So dental school, beauty school, couch surfing, Airbnb. What's been your biggest adventure that you've taken and taken at a cut rate? Tell us the story, start to finish. How'd you do it? Well, I was out on the road for work, and I got a per diem of $54 a day that I needed to cover both my hotel costs and my food costs. For each night, so that's oh, fifty-four dollars a day. Yeah, exactly. Holy. So I I was struggling with that budget, even splitting a room at, with uh, one of my uh, colleagues. Uh, we weren't able to keep it under fifty-four dollars a day. It was just not possible, even at a, a, a motel six. So I started with looking into couch surfing and I had been really you know skeptical of it as I'm sure most people would be when you tell them you're going to crash on a stranger's couch Um, but I looked into it and it it functions a lot like Yelp does in that there are reviews of different hosts and places you can stay and so what I did Uh is I searched for couples and couples who were offering to host people for free in the city that I was in which was in Salt Lake City and they 
uh, also have these reviews. So I made sure they had a ton of positive reviews, and I emailed them. I said, you know, I'm going to be passing through Salt Lake City with work for the next three days. Could I stay with you? And they said, sure. And I showed up, and not only did I get a place to crash, but I didn't have to crash on a couch. They gave me my own room. I had my own bathroom. I basically had, a, like, a free hotel stay, but in the comfort of somebody's home. And I got Now, it's free. Now, how does it work that somebody puts up a total stranger for free? It's just uh, the website, couchsurfing.org. It's, it's a free community-sharing travel website, and it's just on the premise of, you know, do good and have good come back around to you. Of course, you have to be smart about it. You know, it's just like any kind of online dealing with a Craigslist thing or anything else that you'd get for free. You have to vet the process. But I've done it several times, and I've met families who travel this way and take vacations with their kids this way. It's really a fantastic community and a great way to meet like-minded, frugal people. I love it. Okay, so you did Salt Lake City. Where else have you gone on your travels? where you were able to work a great deal? Well, I went to Hamburg, Germany last year because my boyfriend was working abroad and I wanted to visit him. And what I did was I used credit card rewards to get my flight over there. So instead of paying $500, I paid $25 for that flight. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, credit yeah. card rewards, meaning you pay for your groceries and things like that with a credit card, you get the points, you turn the points into a ticket. Exactly. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, and now we have, have a really first question. Sorry, we have go our ahead. first question. Okay. This question is from a woman. She said, you sound very brave to me that you would <laughs> crash on a stranger's <laughs> house. How do you make sure it's safe? So I, I'm... Stephanie? There we go. Got you back. There we go. Right. Uh-oh, we're losing you. Can you hear me now? Got it. All right. Hopefully we'll stay in touch here. Uh, so I review the profiles. It's kind of like a face file, except there's a lot of reviews. And looking through other customer uh, well, not customer because you're not paying, but looking through other people's experiences kind of helps you vet uh, others. And okay, so like this to... is like Yelp. Okay, so if you yes, are single, exactly. you're a woman, you're going to do your research, and maybe you take a road buddy with you. You got your road dog, and the two of you go. Is that yes, a you have to also? do what's comfortable okay. for you. Exactly. All right. Now here's another question. The questions are coming, and keep them coming, everybody. We love questions. This one is from someone who says, I have a small business in my home making personal products for people. What advice do you have for somebody like me? I recommend building an online presence. Um, and content can be really powerful in doing that. Uh, content adds value. Regardless of what you're selling, if you can create content around the now, product. Now, what do you mean by content? That means Elvis something like a blog. Maybe start a blog. You'll see a lot of companies and corporations are starting to do this where they start an entire content section, which is a blog, around their product, whatever it is they're selling. And that's a way to really demonstrate how that product adds value into somebody's life as a narrative, as a story, and not just a sales pitch. Blogs tell stories, and they're a way that people can connect with your experience and really uh, incorporate 
see how they can incorporate their product into your lives. And content is very shareable, and it's also something that's very noticed by media. So that's something that you can really leverage to take your business to the next level. Great. Okay, great answer. Add value to whatever it is you're doing so people know about how your product will enhance their lives. And anything else you would tell people who are, because a lot of people are what we call mom-and-pop entrepreneurs doing their products, doing whatever they're doing out of their homes. What else might you say to them? Yeah, so I think getting connected to your audience through your personal experience and sharing those stories openly and honestly uh, with your audience is really a powerful thing that I know has worked very well for me. Uh, I write about financial planning, and I come from a professional acting background. And the only reason that works and people actually listen to me is because I'm very brutally honest with all of my successes and with all of my failures. And so if you can bring that vulnerability to your business and your product and really show that to your audience, it will resonate with them in a way that builds rapport and trust and in a way that it will help sell yourself and your product. Honesty is the best policy. Okay, keep that in mind, small business owners. And I think that's a pretty darn good policy, even if you're working in a corporation or a big business. Next question. I'm growing my business. I'm glad we're talking about entrepreneurship, but I need cash. How do I get some to grow my business? Well, there are a lot of options in terms of getting funding. So you can go the Kickstarter route. You can go ask around person-to-person people you might know, friends, family. Or you can also do what's called bootstrapping your way to success and starting out with small little projects that serve as the seed money for your bigger projects. And that's what I did with my business is I started out small. I started out with about $1,000 investment into the design of my website. And I hired now, where did you get the $1,000 to start? Was that savings or was that So that's all just friends? babysitting money. That's all what I call my side hustle money. So Your side that's like hustle. whatever okay. I needed to do to get the money. Personal assisting. You know, all right, everybody, I, I that's another people, secret. Get your side yeah. hustle on. Okay, Stephanie, you were personal assisting, babysitting, what else? What else? What other kind of side hustles oh, are there? Oh, I have done everything. I've done trade show hosting. I've done... So you were uh, a booth babe? <laughs> a booth babe. Yeah, that, that's what they call it. <laughs> I, you know, I do whatever in order to Uh-oh. get there my we're... seed money. So, okay. so you got your I seed money that, together. And where did you invest your seed money when you got your hands on it? You got it all together. Where did you invest it? What was most important? two things were most important. One was design because I wanted to build a uh, – it this sounds superficial, but I found that building from the outside in is actually a really good way to get invested in your business. When you project a, a very professional appearance, I think it breeds professionalism from the inside and you want the value of your product and your content ah. to live up to that. And then the other thing I did was I hired a coach to kind of help me start out on my journey. I wasn't an entrepreneur before. I didn't know much about how the, that world worked, and I really needed someone to help me stay, first of all, stay accountable, because I, since I made this investment into myself and my business, and second of all, guide me in which direction I needed to go and what I needed to prioritize. And those two investments 
absolutely paid off. Within a year, I was making that $1,000 back every month, and now I have a full-time income stream off of that $1,000. So important. Okay, build from the outside in, get a coach, because anything we do in life, when we learn better, we do better. Everybody, you know that. Whether it's your health, your wealth, your love, learning better does better. And I love your story, Stephanie. Very encouraging. Now, you've got this book. I love the idea of this book. What's the most important thing you want our listeners to take away from The Broke and Beautiful Life? And by the way, that's Stephanie's website also, thebrokenbeautifullife.com. Go ahead, Steph. A beautiful life isn't something that's bought. It's something that's savored. You are surrounded by goodness and wealth and wonder every single day. You just have to work on seeing that where you are, wherever you are today. And the more you see that today, the more you'll attract it and have of it tomorrow. Mm, I like that. So it's about being present and practice being present where you are. And I say with whomever you're with, show up and be present and you'll be very surprised at the quality and depth of the connection that you build with the people who are in your life. And those of you looking for love, if you really want to light it up, be present with somebody on a date. It's a whole different experience. Just had to get that in there, Stephanie. So oh, the beautiful life is, is a life right where we are. It's not what you're saying is it's not about money. Exactly. And it's okay to have goals. That's, you know, appreciating where you are today doesn't mean you're not still striving towards something. It's just not putting everything, all of your hopes and dreams and happiness on some point in the future. Because if you do that, you, I don't know if you'll ever get, can't appreciate where you are today. How will you appreciate what you've achieved once you've achieved it? Right, exactly, because that's the big myth. You know, once yeah. I get there, once I lose the weight, once I get the partner of my dreams, then I'll be happy. Whereas what you're really saying is, hey, let's dial back into ourselves and create a way to be happy. And you said something that is crucial from where I sit, and that is appreciate. Mm -hmm. Appreciate who you are, where you are, who you're with. Did I hear that right? Exactly. (laughs) Great. So this is a very different approach to money. Most people think, got to make more, got to make more, got to make more. And most of us are still driving that idea that it's out there somewhere. Yeah. I think it's it's about the balance. You know, when I started The Broken Beautiful Life, it was about finding that balance. How could I find the beauty within this broke, quote-unquote, life I was living. And in in this idea of appreciation and gratitude versus goals, there's also that balance. How do you stay grounded and, and happy in where you are while still working towards those goals, whatever they are financially or in your relationships, whatever it is? Because you want to have both of those things, but you want them to be serving you and not working against you. Exactly. Now, I want to back up because we have one more entrepreneurial question here. All you entrepreneurs, thank you. You're lighting us up tonight. Mm -hmm. So this one is, I'm looking for a way to be unique 
In my product niche, I take care of dogs. <laughs> what would make me unique? I love it. Okay, we all love dogs. <laughs> well, what I like to to answer that question, I like to talk about a little bit about my own story. And uh, while I I don't do it with dogs, I uh, talk about money. Uh, I did find that the recipe for becoming unique is kind of consistent regardless of what niche you're in, and that is by looking at yourself. And what I found is that what I thought my, was my biggest weakness was actually my greatest strength. I tried to hide the fact that I was a professional actress for a long time when I first started out. And it was my coach who said to me, hold on a second, don't hide that. That's what makes you different from every other person out there. It was in uncovering the fact that I didn't come from a money background and I wasn't a financial certified financial professional that made people connect with me and identify with me in a way that they hadn't identified with somebody before. So I challenge everyone to look for those things that they might think of as a weakness. They might think of as, oh, well, that has nothing to do with my niche. That's not what I'm targeting. That could be your biggest asset. That can be your biggest differentiator. So use those things and value them and bring them into the work. That sounds great. That's good advice because every one of us has something that is unique to add to the mix. And in taking care of dogs, maybe you're the one that puts the bow on the doggy's neck when you take them home (laughs) or whatever, but you'll come up with something that you love to do or something about you to make yourself unique. Now, one of the other things, you know, when I looked at your blog and at your website, one of the things I really liked is that you talked a lot about giving more to your customers, even promoting people who are in your network or in your profession. Talk about that a little bit, Stephanie, because most people are out there going, I'm going to kill the competition. You don't want to (laughs) promote and help the people in your niche or your so-called competition. Yeah, well, the kitchen, quote-unquote, is also your greatest resource. Uh, They are the people who can recommend you to others. And you might not think of them that way uh, as recommenders when you're working to build up an audience that's in the same niche. But there's, there's this thing about success that we all think it's, it's, if somebody has it, then we can't. And it doesn't work that way. Success is not limited. And what I've found is that the people I have been able to help most have been the people who've given back to me the most. So other bloggers, writers, financial advisors who I have promoted have come back and to me when they have an opportunity that they either can't take or they need new staff or, uh, you know, they – uh, they don't quite fit, and then I am their resource. Because remember, I have a unique perspective, and so does the competition. So they're not going to be right for everything. But if I have a relationship with them and their perspective isn't right for that job, they're going to come to me first because I've helped them in the past. So competition turn that competition into cooperation and everybody benefits. Love it. And that's one of the qualities of feminine power. Instead of compete, we cooperate and collaborate. Nice. Stephanie, what do you want to leave us with in our last couple of minutes here? 
Well, there seems to be a lot about entrepreneurship in terms of the questions. So I really do encourage everyone uh, not to be deterred by whatever fear they're facing when uh, thinking about their businesses or their goals or whatever project it is that they're starting. I found that more than anything, persistence has been my biggest asset. Coming from an acting background, I face rejection every day. And I, the only reason I think I, well, not the only reason, but the, one of the biggest reasons I think I'm successful is that I've been able to persevere in spite of that. And if you keep going and if you keep honing your skills and learning and sharing and promoting others and co- collaborating and working towards your goals, you'll get there. Thank you so much, Stephanie O'Connell. The book, everybody, is... The book is The Broken Beautiful Life. I just can't get over the title. The Broken (laughs) Beautiful Life. And the subtitle there is, uh, well, she's got a lot of things there, but one of, go ahead. (laughs) Small Town Budget, Big City Dreams. There you go. Small Town Budget, Big City Dreams. And she's got some great blogs out there, How to Turn a Side Job into a Career. It's time for a financial reality check. Check her out, everyone. The blog is the same title as the book, thebrokenbeautifullife.com. Our guest this evening is Stephanie O'Connell, a fresh approach to your money. And maybe those people who have been so scared about it that they fight about it, Take a creative approach to it. Talk about how you and your beloved can approach money in this very fun way and take the heat out of it. I want to thank our producer, LeGron Green, our associate producer, Cliff Dunning. Thank Rainbow Grocery again for being our sponsor. And thank you, all of you Modern Love community members. I love you and I send you blessings. Good night, everyone. <laughs>